0: Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Welcome to the best thing on the Internet, house talk with Duncan Smythe. Whether you're planning to buy or sell a house, call in now with your question. Our goal is to help you with any real estate transaction. So, turn off the cat videos and pay attention. Here's your host,
2: Duncan Smythe. Hi, welcome to House Talk. I'm Duncan Smythe. Today is our Colossal Mistakes show. That's what I titled it. uh, Because if you've read my book, uh, Colossal Mistakes Home Sellers Make you know that it's my mission to keep you from wasting money in a real estate transaction. I'm a working real estate broker full time. I've been doing this for nearly 20 years and my clients have heard me say that many times. I want to keep you from wasting money in a real estate transaction. I hope the information that I provide is valuable to you and can help you avoid the aggravation, stress, and the time wasting hassles that are unfortunately often a part of the real estate process. On today's show, I'm going to list the colossal mistakes to avoid as they're highlighted in my book. Since this show began last year, I've received loads of questions from friends, clients, listeners that cover almost every subject that's real estate related. Negotiating, mortgages, pricing, staging. I'm going to cover a lot of them today. But first and foremost, it's all about how to steer clear of the colossal mistakes that cost you money. Some of this has been covered in past shows, So today we'll serve as sort of a compilation or an overview. Colossal mistake number one, the first on the list. Now this is going to sound a little self-serving because I am a realtor trying to sell your house without a realtor. I really consider this to be an enormous mistake uh, and I'm going to tell you why but it's not just because I'm a realtor, trust me. You really want a realtor to help you sell your house. The first thing that comes to mind is that the two most important things to any seller, and this is pretty much universal, every seller I've ever dealt with, they want the same two things. They wanna get the best price and they want the house to sell quickly. When you choose to sell your house for sale by owner, you're saying in effect, those two things aren't really important to me. Why do you need a realtor? This is a question I hear often. Should you try to sell your house without the help of a professional? Some people wouldn't consider trying to sell their house without one. While others, well, they figure selling a house is pretty easy, like selling a used car or, or selling a piano. Can you try it? Of course, the answer is yes, you can try to sell your own house. But if you're considering selling on your own, think about this. 87% of sellers who attempt to sell their house for sale by owner eventually list with a realtor. Why? Because the house didn't sell. <laughs> and why not? Well, that's not quite as simple. Frequently the answer is under exposure. Marketing a home has become really sophisticated in recent years. Uh, The days of a sign on the lawn and an ad in the local newspaper, that time is long past. That may be a great way to sell a car or a lawnmower, but your house is worth at least a thousand times what your lawnmower is worth. Do you actually believe it should be marketed the same way? Get real. The things I've learned in this business have made me realize that I would not attempt to sell a house without the help of a realtor. The complexity of the transaction, the legalities involved, and the simple fact that it's really time-consuming and detail-laden, that is a real deterrent for most people. Also, the emotional attachment to a house, that's an impediment for most sellers. A realtor offers impartiality, and that impartiality is really going to help you out when it comes to negotiation. Uh, it's really necessary for a successful home sale. And if that's not enough reason, here are a few more reasons. One, safety. When you put an ad in the paper, anyone can knock on your door and ask to see the house. Even if they call for an appointment, you know absolutely nothing about them. And nowadays, we're living in a time when people, they put multiple locks on their doors, they spend large sums of money on elaborate alarm systems, Anyone who comes in contact with our children has their background investigated. We are worried constantly about our own security and safety of our own and our families. We read stories or hear stories in the news about home invasions that result in loss, sometimes even death. Now, that's very rare. But do you really think allowing a total stranger into your house is a good idea? Someone you literally know nothing about? Your family's safety and security are definitely a major concern. So, the next reason is that most buyers search for a house only with a realtor. If you try to sell on your own, you've instantly lost over half of your potential buyers. Every realtor I know has a pool of buyers waiting for the right house to come on the market. At any point in my real estate career, I've always had at least a couple of buyers, sometimes eight or ten buyers at once, looking for the right house. In a real estate transaction, having more potential buyers viewing your house translate to greater exposure and the possibility possibility of more offers and a higher sale price. Is it really to your benefit to ignore more than half of the potential buyers for your house? To me, that's ridiculous. Financial qualification. That's another big reason. The number one reason real estate transactions fall apart is failure to obtain a mortgage. How do you know if the people looking at your home can afford to buy it? If the buyers have not spoken with a bank or a mortgage company, they may not even know how much they can afford to spend. A realtor screens their clients to make sure that they're financially able to buy your house. No realtor is going to waste their time or their client's time, you know, unless they know that they are, are approved and they can are financially able to buy a house. Realtors screen clients for that. uh, All realtor's clients are pre-approved by a mortgage by a professional. It's just something we don't waste our time uh, without doing. Um, And my customers are only shown houses that they can afford to buy. This is not possible for you to do. The next thing is I offer financing alternatives. It's really rare for someone to buy a house without a mortgage nowadays. Not many people have a lot of cash or that much cash to buy a house uh, with all cash. Frequently, buyers don't know what they can afford or how much the monthly payments will be. Every big real estate company provides a wide range of financial options for their clients. It's not uncommon for a buyer to realize they can afford more than they thought they could after consulting with a professional about a mortgage. Uh, Staging. This is the big one. Enhancing your house for sale. Realtors are experts at what makes a house sell for more money. They know every device, every technique, every trick, if you want to call it that, to make your house more appealing to buyers. Home enhancement recommendations are one of the most valuable services your realtor is going to provide. Your realtor will walk through your house and examine it thoroughly and make a lot of suggestions. This information, you're going to find out, is worth its weight in gold. It's not at all unusual for a seller who follows their realtor's advice to just make some minor repairs, replace a few things, paint here and there, maybe add a few plants, etc., that kind of stuff. suddenly discover that their house might be able to list for another ten thousand dollars or more so staging is very big you want to hire a realtor that's the one really main reason that you need a realtor negotiating in every home sale transaction there are matters that have to be negotiating it negotiated having someone represent you who has your interests and is not emotionally involved that's going to save you money price terms, conditions of the contract, inspection issues. All of these have to be agreed upon. They all have to be negotiated. A veteran realtor's negotiating skill is going to prove to be a huge asset throughout the sale process to any home seller. Legal considerations, that's another big issue. There are a myriad of legal details, discrimination laws, disclosure laws, all of which any realtor deals with on a regular basis. For example... Do you know where you stand legally regarding asbestos removal, radon gas, oil tank removal, seller disclosure, lead paint? A problem with any one of these issues can really mess up your transaction. Realtors contend with many matters that you probably haven't even thought about. Your Realtor will provide you with information on the issues involved and can recommend a competent, experienced real estate attorney if that's necessary. Details, details. A major part of the job for a realtor is managing the transaction. In any real estate deal, as I said, there are hundreds of details that would keep you busy for weeks. I wasn't surprised. I read, and uh, I don't remember where I read it, it might have been in the New York Times several years ago. There was a national survey that showed that home sellers felt the most valuable service provided by their realtor was handling all the details. Pricing. Wow. Pricing is really, really critical. Pricing, and it's not as easy as you might think. Your house isn't necessarily worth what you think it is. It could be worth a lot more or much less than the house next door to yours. A realtor is an expert on your local market and can help you arrive at an asking price that will help you get the maximum dollar amount and result in the quickest sale. Now, everybody knows what the most important thing is when you're buying real estate. Location, location, location. Every, every teenage kid knows that. What's the most important thing when you're selling real estate? Exposure, exposure, exposure. <laughs> marketing, marketing, that's what brings buyers to your front door. As a home seller, you want every potential buyer to know your house is on the market and not just in your immediate area. A lot of home buyers come from outside of your area, maybe even from other states. Who knows, maybe from Hong Kong, you don't know where the buyer's gonna come from. And try to remember that more showings equals more offers equals a faster sale. The challenge is to get potential buyers to view your property. Large real estate companies have invested millions of dollars on market research, and they've developed extensive marketing plans that include many different ways of exposing your house to potential buyers. Most of these are simply not available to you as a for sale by owner. And here are a few of them. Uh, The Multiple Listing Service, you know about that. The Multiple Listing System, it's a system of computerized listings of homes that are for sale that's available only to real estate professionals. The minute your home is listed for sale, thousands of realtors have access to that information and can pass it on to clients that are waiting for the right house. And your realtor can make changes or additions to your listing instantly. Nationwide Relocation Networks, Most realtors are part of a company with large corporate clients who use their company to relocate employees that are being transferred. This provides a continuous pipeline of buyers to your area. There are also regional and national referral networks. Many realtors belong to like a networking group with other real estate professionals who refer customers to each other all through your area and across the country and websites. Whether you're a computer person or not, you know what kind of marketing clout the internet has. Large real estate companies have a dominant web presence. The internet is the place nearly all home shoppers begin the search for a home. It gives your property instant worldwide exposure. If your home isn't prominently displayed in national websites, most home buyers will never even know it's on the market. Okay, uh, let me see. Let's let's take a break. We'll be back in a few minutes. I'm Duncan Smythe. This is House Talk.
1: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. If you like what you're hearing on the show today, or if you have a question or comment for Duncan, contact him on Twitter at housetalkguy or email him at guy at gmail.com. Duncan's book, Colossal Mistakes Home Sellers Make, is available at colossalmistakes.com or through any online bookseller. Duncan can also help you choose an outstanding real estate agent in your area. If you'd like Duncan to recommend a great local realtor for you, go to his website, duncansmythe.com,
3: and click on Recommend a Realtor. I am Joe Galita, president of Millennium Home Mortgage. We know that owning a home is the American dream, and we are here to make that dream come true for you. With years of experience and acceptable customer service, we will help you navigate the often murky waters of the mortgage industry, working hard to find a mortgage program that's best for you. For more information, go to mhmlender.com, Millennium Home Mortgage, the first place to go for a mortgage.
1: Many people are seeking to make a difference in the world, but few actually have the tools to do so. Every week, host Mary Beth Lodge and her guests will have you thinking forward and will give you the tips to keep your life, goals, priorities, and choices on track. The result is an easier, happier, and more inspired life. The name of the program is What Matters. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. What really matters is the positive changes that you'll bring to your life and and the world, just by listening. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to House Talk with Duncan Smythe. To reach our show, call in to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to housetalkguy at gmail.com or tweet Duncan at housetalkguy. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, House Talk with Duncan Smythe. Now,
2: back to the show. Welcome back to House Talk. Uh, We're talking about colossal mistakes that home sellers make. That's the title of my book, and that's what we're talking about today. Uh, We were discussing why you want a realtor to help you market your home. So let's get back to it. I was talking about uh, having it listed prominently in national websites. Let's talk about newspaper advertising. Because this is one thing that a homeowner, can you can do this yourself, but it's really easy to make a costly mistake if you're going to advertise yourself in the newspaper. And first of all, be aware of the kind of circulation and the kind of penetration you're getting with a newspaper ad because very few homes are sold as the result of newspaper advertising anymore. Uh, Some large real estate companies are abandoning print advertising altogether because it is not effective. But if you do decide you want to use a newspaper to advertise your home, this is what it's really important to know. Which paper gets the best results? If you have several in your area, maybe one's much better at getting results than the other. Uh, When is the best day of the week to advertise? What size ad should you place? Where should it appear in the paper? Real estate companies have done extensive market research. Your realtor has a lot of experience in local marketing and knows how to get the best results. Advertising in a newspaper you think your home would look good in might be a complete waste of money. I'm going to tell you a quick story here. Uh, Several years ago, an agent in my office listed the house of an attorney. He was one of these real high-power guys who thought he knew everything. The attorney insisted that the best place to advertise his house for sale was in a law journal that he subscribed to. He insisted this was, this was the absolute best place to advertise, that, it would, that someone would see it right away and buy the house right away. Against the realtor's advice, he placed the ad himself. The ad ran in the law journal. It didn't generate a single response, not one reply it was an $800 mistake because he didn't listen to the realtor. But the number one reason to use a realtor, houses listed with a realtor sell for 16% more money. If you're planning to try selling your houses for sale by owner, this is the most critical piece of information you need to have in your mind. There was a nationwide study by the National Association of Realtors. It was published in every major newspaper in the country several years ago. It said, Homes sold using a real estate professional sold for 16% more than homes sold for sale by owner. If that's not a good enough reason, you're not listening. (laughs) Okay, the next colossal mistake we're going to talk about is using a part-time realtor, hiring a part-time realtor. Never hire a part-time realtor. You are paying for full service. Why would you pay a full commission for part-time service? this makes absolutely no sense if your realtor has another job don't waste any more of your time or his Uh, just don't waste your time thank that person politely and move on there are too many details to your transaction and there are too many great realtors out there to waste your time with a part-time realtor I have never seen a client properly served by a part-time realtor this show is too short to tell you stories about my dealings with part-time realtors Let me just say it again. I have never seen a client properly served by a part-time realtor. They just don't offer the familiarity with the market that is an absolute necessity to marketing your home correctly. They do not have the requisite availability to handle all the details that arise. Would you consider using a part-time surgeon? (laughs) Not likely. If you were going through a nasty divorce, would you hire a part-time attorney? I doubt it. Remember that realtors are are professionals. Hire, hiring your aunt's co-worker's sister who sells real estate on the weekend is just a really bad idea. Okay, the next colossal mistake, choosing a realtor based on a price opinion. When you're selecting a realtor to market your home, so occasionally, or I always recommend interviewing more than one. If you don't know a realtor, you might call several and interview several realtors. You should always make this selection based on the reputation of the realtor and the marketing plan. Never, never choose a realtor based on the price opinion they give you, the price opinion of your home. Your home has a value. That value is market driven. That means it's worth what someone will pay for it. The realtor is only giving you a professional opinion based on his or her knowledge of the market. Do not fall into the trap of selecting the realtor who gives you the highest price opinion. This is only a professional estimate based on research. It is not absolute. And remember, you decide the listing price, not your realtor. The realtor presents a market analysis and recommends a listing price, but ultimately you make the decision. Choose the realtor whose marketing plan you're most satisfied with, and then consult with that realtor to set the listing price. Unfortunately, as in any profession, there are a small number of unscrupulous people In any business, but even in real estate, that happens. And the practice of buying a listing occurs on occasion. Most realtors consider this to be really unethical, but it happens. Uh, The real estate agent uh, who is competing with other agents for your listing will ask what price the other agents recommended, and then that agent will suggest an unrealistically high price. Now, basic psychology suggests that some sellers will choose that agent, believing they can get more money for the house. This is an empty promise. Because when the house hasn't sold weeks later, you're going to get a sheepish phone call from the agent saying, no, I guess we priced it too high. And by that time, the initial enthusiasm has gone away and all your potential buyers have disappeared. Falling for this tactic will end up costing you money as your house takes longer to sell. If any realtor says to you, you can get more money if you list your house with me, be really skeptical. I would ask a lot of questions here. How are you going to get more money? What will you do to increase my home's value? Remember, your home's value is market-driven. Imagine how you'd react if a stockbroker said, hey, you'll get more money for your stock if you sell it through me. That's impossible and you know it. A stockbroker has no control over the value of a stock in the same way that a realtor has absolutely no control over the value of your property. Okay, next colossal mistake, overpricing your house. This is really important. Talking about pricing, I want everyone to hear that. Overpricing, here is a quick newsflash for you. You're not going to find a sucker who will overpay for your house. And I've actually met sellers who believed that if they set the asking price $20,000 above market value, $50,000 above, that a naive buyer would magically appear and pay that price for the house. (laughs) Well, buyers are a lot more sophisticated than that. They've already scoured the Internet. They've found every house like yours on the market. They may have visited every house for sale in your town. They'll know at the first glimpse that your house is overpriced. Many times I spent the afternoon showing houses to buyer clients who walked into a house and immediately told me that it was overpriced. They'll point out that a similarly priced house in the neighborhood has an extra bathroom, was recently painted, or has a larger property, which makes your house appear less valuable. They'll compare your house to others with a very critical eye, and they'll quickly reject the house that they perceive to be overpriced. And again, I've said this before also, but two phrases I hear very often are, these people are dreaming, and what are they thinking? That's really common to hear those phrases coming from buyers' mouths when your house is overpriced. Houses for sale with too high a price tag will not sell quickly, and they become stale. There is nothing worse than having your house be the stale listing. Uh, The the first question a buyer might ask is, what's wrong with this one? And then they'll begin to overanalyze your home and will frequently decide that if no one wants to buy your house, there's got to be a reason. (laughs) Be particularly careful not to overprice your house in a slower or a soft real estate market. Uh, Although some sellers might have had success overpricing in a really robust market, I have never seen a client successfully overprice a house in a slow market. Uh, The next colossal mistake, failing to reduce the price quickly. I've always said to my my seller clients, don't get married to the price. That's a anyone who's dealt with me knows I tend to say that. When a house isn't selling, you need to reduce the asking price and reduce it promptly. And this must be this may be a big hurdle for you as a home seller because when sellers set an asking price, they tend to start making financial calculations and financial decisions with a particular amount of money in mind. It's an absolute necessity to get past that mindset and reduce the price quickly if you want to get the best price for your house. The first three to four weeks of the listing are the most important because anyone looking for a house in your price range will have been introduced to the house during that three to four week time frame. If you don't receive an offer during the first three or four weeks the house is listed, the market is telling you the price is too high. Not the realtor, not me, the market has spoken. You overpriced the house. You need to salvage the situation as quickly as possible by reducing the asking price immediately. And I want to stick with pricing just for a couple of minutes um, because you want to devise a pricing strategy. There's more to setting the asking price for your home than just picking a dollar figure that you think would be right. Carefully studying the comparable sales is a good start, but this has to accompany a well-thought-out plan, a strategy, a pricing strategy. Be very careful to avoid setting a dream price or choosing a price you want or need to sell your house for. Too many times I've seen this backfire on clients. Having realistic expectations is always the first step to a quick sale. Determining the list price of your house should be a hard, cold business judgment based on factual data and market trends. It should never be an emotional decision. And part of that pricing strategy should be planning for price reductions. Simply setting an asking price and saying, I guess we'll reduce it if it doesn't sell. Terrible strategy. This usually results in a listing getting stale and the house taking longer to sell and ultimately selling for less money. You want to set an asking price that will create a sense of urgency and attract multiple buyers. Create a re- realistic pricing schedule with specific dates and amounts for price reductions. For example, plan to reduce the asking price every three weeks until you receive an offer. This is a good strategy if you want to stay competitive and that's important. Your house is for sale. You have to stay competitive with similar homes for sale or it's not going to sell quickly and you're not going to get the best price. Never forget that the amount you want or need for your house is totally irrelevant. Want and need have absolutely no bearing on market value. If you hear yourself using those words, look in the mirror and slap yourself in the face or call me, I'll do it for you. Uh, Let's take a break. I'll be back in a few minutes. I'm Duncan Smythe. This is House Talk.
1: Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. If you like what you're hearing on the show today, or if you have a question or comment for Duncan, contact him on Twitter at House Talk guy or email him at guy at gmail.com. Duncan's book, Colossal Mistakes Home Sellers Make, is available at colossalmistakes.com or through any online bookseller. Duncan can also help you choose an outstanding real estate agent in your area. If you'd like Duncan to recommend a great local realtor for you, go to his website, duncansmythe.com, and click on Recommend a Realtor.
3: I'm Joe Galita, President of Millennium Home Mortgage. We know that owning a home is the American dream, and we are here to make that dream come true for you. With years of experience and exceptional customer service, we will help you navigate the often murky waters of the mortgage industry, working hard to find a mortgage program that's best for you. For more information, go to mhmlender.com,
4: Millennium Home Mortgage, the first place to go for a mortgage. And we'll take your questions and comments during our live show, Soap Central Live, every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety.
1: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to House Talk with Duncan Smythe. To reach our show, call in to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to housetalkguy at gmail.com or tweet Duncan at housetalkguy. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, House Talk with
2: Duncan Smythe. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to House Talk, I'm Duncan Smythe. We're talking about Colossal Mistakes that Home Sellers Make, which is the title of my book. If you'd like to buy it, by the way, it's available at colossalmistakes.com or any online bookseller. The next colossal mistake we're gonna talk about is selling your house to a builder without getting an appraisal first. Now, this may not sound like a huge problem, but in some areas of the country, builders are anxious to buy houses, to knock them down or to renovate them and make a profit. But you want to be absolutely certain that you know the market value of your house before you sell to a builder. Because a builder may come along and offer you a price that sounds great. Uh, They could urge you to decide quickly. They might tell you that your neighbors have already sold to them for that price. Don't be too quick to accept the offer. And I want to tell a quick story. Uh, A family in my town inherited a house several years ago upon the father's death. And a builder approached them immediately And offered them $490,000 for the property. He told them that it was a great offer. The best price they would get for the property in its present condition. It it was not in good condition, by the way. Uh, They were just about to accept the offer when one of the heirs called a realtor in my office and asked her for a market analysis. So she studied the comparable sales. And she believed the house should be listed for six twenty-five. dollars That's a heck of a lot more money than four ninety. dollars So the surviving family members agreed to list the house with her. Well, the house went on the market and immediately got multiple offers and sold for $640,000. If they had accepted the builder's offer, that would have been a $150,000 mistake. So you always want to get an appraisal or a realtor's market analysis first. You might end up ultimately accepting the builder's offer, but at least you made an informed decision and didn't lose money. All right, the next Colossal mistake is not doing everything possible to enhance, improve, fix up, beautify, embellish, aggrandize, spruce up your house. Staging. It's all about staging. Staging is fundamental if you want to get the best price for your house. It's the same as when you might spend hours of thoroughly washing a car you're planning to sell. Your house is the same thing. It needs to be prepared for sale in the same fashion. If you really want to get top dollar for your property, a lot of planning and preparation are required. A realtor is going to be a great asset during this process. They know exactly what to do to maximize the value of your home because you don't get a second chance to make a good first impression. You have to start by looking at your house objectively as if you were intending to buy it yourself. And always keep in mind, and you've heard me say it here before, it's no longer your home, it's a product for sale. And the sooner you start thinking about it that way, the better price you're going to get for it, and the quicker sale. Problems that you've overlooked for years are things that didn't matter to you in the past. Now they're essential, because you want a quick, successful home sale. You want your house to look the best it ever has. Everything should sparkle when you're staging. The next colossal mistake... Foul odors. I spent a half of the show talking about this a few weeks ago, but it doesn't hurt to talk about it again because you have to do anything you can, but you want to get rid of offensive smells and cooking odors. There is no faster turnoff for buyers. The most common offenders are cigarette and pet odors, but you, want, you and I both know that there are lots of other odors that also qualify as pretty gross. With any bad odors, there's an immediate perception that the house is dirty. And even if this is not true, it's really over, hard to overcome that ick factor, that ick feeling you get. I've had many buyer clients uh, who would not consider buying a house with a tobacco odor, for example, because there's sort of a common uh, perception that you can never totally purge the house of that smell with, with cigar or cigarette uh, smoke. The most common culprit of odor retention is fabric. Odors are absorbed by carpet draperies furniture. You want to vacuum and shampoo any carpets or area rugs. And in particularly difficult cases, professional cleaning is might be necessary. You want to wash or clean any draperies. And smokers, you're probably going to have to repaint the interior of the house. If a thorough cleaning doesn't, does not get rid of odors, there are many products on the market that perform well in neutralizing, such as Febreze and Air Sponge. But remember, you want the house to smell fresh, not like a cheap motel, Be careful not to overuse air fresheners and potpourri. Uh, They don't smell fresh. They just smell like you're trying to cover something up. And get rid of mothballs. They do not smell good. Uh, The next colossal mistake, making expensive upgrades that will not increase the value of your house. Staging is important, but you want to spend wisely when you're staging your house. Avoid expensive improvements whenever possible. Home sellers often ask me if they should spend money on new windows or a new roof before selling their house. The answer is an emphatic no. When planning to sell your house, any money invested in maintenance items is money lost. For example, if you spend $10,000 on a new roof, that does not increase the value of your house by $10,000. The same is true of a new furnace or new windows. These are routine purchases made by any homeowner because they're necessary. They're maintenance items. Don't make the expensive mistake of thinking they'll make your home, your house worth more when you list it for sale. They will not. New carpet especially. That's a really costly mistake. Today, most buyers don't care for carpet. Hardwood floors are much more popular. Do you have hardwood floors underneath your carpet? Pull it up. Have the floors refinished. And if you have no hardwood under the carpets, then make sure the carpets are thoroughly cleaned. I would recommend, however... Instead of that, invest in upgrades that will create a return when you sell, such as updating the kitchen or the bathrooms. Uh, a new paint job is always a great investment. You should do whatever is necessary to stage your house for sale and make any needed repairs, but don't waste your money. Quick story. An agent from my office who specializes in foreclosed properties showed an investor a newly listed house. And she had not seen it before, but when uh, she noted that the house appeared to be in good condition with new vinyl siding. When they entered the house, they discovered that the walls inside the house had also been covered with vinyl siding. <laughs> they, they laughed about it, and she remarked that it was the only house she'd ever seen where you could hose down the dining room. <laughs> uh, they later found out that the owner worked for a company that installed vinyl siding. So I guess he thought it was a good idea to put it inside the house, too. Kind of strange. Oh, well. Uh, the next colossal mistake making your house difficult to show when your house is on the market be as cooperative as possible you do not want your house known as the problem house if you only allow showings for example on Saturday and Sunday afternoons you're sending a message that you're not really serious about selling realtors when they're forced to conform to restrictive showing times they may avoid showing your house or worse they'll forget about it more than once, I've been forced to pass up a house that I really thought my buyers might have bought, but it couldn't be shown. It was not available to show. Of course, there are circumstances when showings must be limited by necessity, such as a newborn baby in the house, or if, you're, if you work at night and you have to sleep during the day. Realtors get that. That's understandable. But overall, it's definitely to your advantage to make the house as accessible as you can. Whenever possible, Allow your realtor to use a lockbox to permit access to the house. This makes it possible to show the property when you're not home. Uh, a lockbox, if you don't know what it is, it's a device that contains a key for your house, and your realtor has either an electronic key or a secret combination so they can access the box and obtain your door key. It's usually placed on the front door knob or front railing. But again, there are circumstances when the use of a lockbox is not advisable. Uh, for example, if you have a lot of extremely valuable items in the house, you know, you really should take those out anyway. Uh, or if you have a dog that has to be locked away prior to showings. But you always want to keep in your mind, harder to show equals longer to sell. That's the story with, when your house is being shown. If you make it harder to show, it will absolutely take longer to sell. I can cite a hundred examples of that. Another colossal mistake when your house is listed for sale is following buyers around the house. While your house is being shown, you want potential buyers to feel at ease. Now, some sellers feel the need to follow the prospective buyers around the house, pointing things out or offering a tour. Avoid this unless they specifically request it. It's best if you're out of sight. Let the realtor show the property, that's her job. Take the opportunity to walk the dog or step outside to water the plants. That way, you're nearby. If they have any questions, they can ask you, but you're not interfering. If you follow buyers through the house, they're going to feel pressured. They will not comment freely. I've seen this many times. Most buyers are repeatedly going to say, oh, your house is really nice because they don't want to offend you. And they may or may not be truthful, and they might get your hopes up unnecessarily. Okay, let's talk about the next colossal mistake. This is for both buyers and sellers. Dealing with a buyer who's not pre-approved for a mortgage. As a seller, you absolutely don't want to deal with a buyer who's not pre-approved. If they currently own a house, this letter, the, a pre-approval letter will specify whether the sale of the house is a condition. It will state the extent of the buyer's financial capability. And once the, the buyers have been pre-approved, the only matter still pending is the appraisal. Along the same lines, when the house is listed for sale, a colossal mistake is concealing material defects of the house. Any defect or problem which could affect the value of your house must be disclosed to the buyers. Attempting to conceal something is never to your advantage. The structural inspection will most likely reveal the problem, which then must be rectified and could possibly scare the buyers away. It can also become more expensive when attorneys become involved. Doesn't everything get more expensive when attorneys get involved? If you have knowledge of a structural defect and you fail to disclose it, and it's discovered after the closing, you're probably facing a lawsuit, and that's definitely something you don't want. Um, so if you know of something that's wrong with the house, address that problem before putting your house on the market. You want to mention anything that's wrong with the house on the first meeting with your realtor, because that the realtor will help you deal with it. They know how to deal with it. Most real estate companies now use seller disclosure statements. This is a document that's completed by the sellers and presented to the buyers, It's a comprehensive questionnaire in which the sellers reveal information about the house. You should complete this to the best of your knowledge with absolute candor. Uh, Don't be intimidated by it. The seller disclosure is simply what you know about the house. Um, Next colossal mistake is not doing everything possible to settle structural disputes. This applies particularly to a seller because sometimes the structural inspection reveals the problems that the buyer is unwilling to accept, and the seller refuses to correct and at this point the buyer may refuse to proceed with the sale responding to to this is critical as a seller because being stubborn is never to your benefit in this case because if you reach an impasse with the buyer remember that if the buyer balks and walks you're going to have to go through this entire process again you have to put your house back on the market and return to square one the sale of your house could take months longer and the next structural inspection is probably going to reveal the same problems any structural issue that arises must be resolved eventually so here's the question you want to ask yourself is it better to settle this right now and proceed to the closing at the end of the month or do you want to start all over again and wait for the house to sell again you do not want to lose a good deal over structural issues okay let's take another break i'll be back in a couple of minutes i'm duncan smythe this is house talk
1: Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain, firing really fast. All the time, the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. If you like what you're hearing on the show today, or if you have a question or comment for Duncan, contact him on Twitter at House Talk Guy, or email him at House Guy at gmail.com. Duncan's book, Colossal Mistakes Home Sellers Make, is available at ColossalMistakes.com or through any online bookseller. Duncan can also help you choose an outstanding real estate agent in your area. If you'd like Duncan to recommend a great local realtor for you, go to his website, DuncanSmythe.com, and click on Recommend a Realtor.
3: Hi, I'm Joe Galita, President of Millennium Home Mortgage. We know that owning a home is the American dream, and we are here to make that dream come true for you. With years of experience and acceptable customer service, we will help you navigate the often murky waters of the mortgage industry, working hard to find a mortgage program that's best for you. For more information, go to mhmlender.com Millennium Home Mortgage, the first place to go for a mortgage.
4: You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Scholdenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology. Live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety.
1: Streaming live, the leader in Internet Talk Radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to House Talk with Duncan Smythe. To reach our show, call in to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to housetalkguy at gmail.com or tweet Duncan at housetalkguy.com. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, House Talk with Duncan Smythe. Now, back to the show.
2: Welcome back to House Talk. I'm Duncan Smythe. Today we're talking about colossal mistakes home sellers make. Uh, that is the title of my book, uh, and I'm going through col- the colossal mistakes. that you, One at a time, I want you to know what they are. Uh, the next colossal mistake we're going to talk about is not addressing environmental concerns before listing your house for sale. If you have anything wrong with your house that you know about, you want to bring it to your realtor's attention immediately and take care of it before you list the house. Now, if you're aware of any of these conditions in your home, uh, such as asbestos, radon, oil tank, a buried oil tank especially, you want to arrange to have the situation remediated before you put your house on the market. Once these matters are revealed in the structural inspection, The buyers, their realtor, their attorney, they're all going to insist on being included in every step of the process. And this always complicates things. Having remediation done before listing the house for sale might save you a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of aggravation. So always try to address environmental concerns before you list the house. And along the same lines, one of the colossal mistakes, and I've seen people do this over the years, and I think it's really dumb, Attempting to remove asbestos yourself. This is not something you do yourself. It is extremely hazardous. Older homes all over the country, especially in the Northeast, they frequently have asbestos insulation. It's like a wrapping around the pipes. You might have it in your own basement right now. Go down, take a look. Is there something wrapped around the pipe? It Very likely, if it was done 30, 40 years ago, very likely it's asbestos insulation. It may be very tempting to just pull this off and throw it in the garbage. Don't be foolish enough to try this, please. Remember, asbestos is the most dangerous when it's disturbed. If you try to pull that down yourself, the particles become airborne, they can be inhaled. If you need asbestos removed, you want to call a certified remediation expert. And once you do that, you're going to appreciate just how dangerous this process is by the extent of the safety precautions that they use during the removal process. They're going to arrive at your house. They're going to drape the affected area with plastic sheeting to prevent asbestos asbestos particles from dispersal. They wear like a hazmat suit. And then they remove the asbestos. They seal it in containers before they haul it away. And then when they're done, they ventilate the area thoroughly, and they have to conduct an air quality test over a period of days with an electronic measuring device. And then no one's allowed back into the house until there's an acceptably low reading has been attained. This is the only safe way to complete that task. You do not want to try to remove asbestos yourself. It can be very dangerous. And as you know, people who with long-term exposure to asbestos uh, contract its uh, forms of cancer. It's very dangerous. Okay. Next colossal mistake. Okay. This is a, talking about um, negotiating. Now, this is one of the things that your realtor is really going to help you with negotiating, but. Colossal mistake, digging in your heels. The minute you dig in your heels, you lose. I've been in a lot of negotiations, and I can just tell you as a seller, when you're negotiating to sell your house, throw your stubborn attitude out of the window. The first sign of a bad negotiator is inflexibility. Get rid of the stubborn attitude. Your home's value may very well be less than you believe it is. And if you stand firm on a number you dream of getting, that means you're actually less likely to get the best price for your house. Too many times I've seen sellers refuse to negotiate an offer that was lower than they wanted just to teach the buyers a lesson. Take every offer seriously, even if you think the price is just too low for your property. Always give the prospective buyers a counteroffer that they can work with. Try not to get annoyed because the buyer isn't meeting your expectations by offering you the price you want. Because remember, if you don't provide a reasonable counteroffer, the buyer will walk away, and you may still be living in that house eight months from now, but you sure taught them a lesson. Another part of uh, negotiating that I want to touch on is lowball offers. From a buyer's standpoint, making a lowball offer on a house is a really bad way to get the deal you want. If you what, what, describe what a low ball offer is, if those, for those who don't know, if you make an offer on a property that's drastically below the asking price, that's called a lowball offer. Now, there are still bargains out there in the current real estate market, and a lot of buyers see the possibility of buying a home for much less than they could have several years ago, and that's still possible. In certain areas of the country, the market is still slightly depressed. You can, make, you can get a great deal. And there are many sellers out there who are very anxious. I don't like to use the word desperate, but there are people who are desperate to sell their houses. And this does create a huge opportunity for a savvy buyer. But the major problem with it when you make a low ball offer is that it immediately creates an adversarial relationship. The seller quickly puts up a wall of resistance when you make a low ball offer. And that frequently results in less chance of your offer being seriously considered, alienating the seller is a terrible way to start a negotiation. The best way to get the deal you want is to offer a price with a realistic expectation of acceptance. I don't mean to discourage you from making a low offer, but just stop for a moment and try putting yourself in the buyer's in the uh, seller's shoes. How would you respond to a ridiculously low bid? You wouldn't be happy about it, and that 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 is not going to get you the deal you want. My recommendation do some research on the neighborhood and find out how much similar homes have recently sold for. And offer about 10% less. If your offer is accepted, you have gotten a bargain. Um, one more colossal mistake. Uh, not being ready with your documents. One, one thing I hear a lot of, I hear a lot of complaints from clients. Why is it taking so long to get a mortgage? It's, it's a very regular question I hear. Now, it's true that mortgages sometimes take a long time to process mortgages. Sometimes you can get a mortgage in a couple of weeks. Sometimes it takes longer. But is it always their fault? Well, I've spoken with a lot of people in the mortgage business, and they tell me the most common delay is caused by the client, the one who's applying for the mortgage. When you first meet with someone from a mortgage company, they'll give you a list of documents that you have to provide before processing can begin. This includes tax returns, pay stubs, bank statements, and full information on any financial holdings and obligations for both you and your spouse. Additionally, they'll require copies of any contracts or other documents. Mortgage applicants who provide incomplete information or the wrong paperwork, this is going to delay the process. Don't expect quick results from a mortgage company if you don't have your ducks in a row. If you want a quick answer, submit your paperwork all at once and make sure it's complete. Okay, one final, one final, one colossal mistake, and this again, this is going to sound a little self-serving, but ignoring your realtor's advice. This could be the most colossal of all the mistakes in my book. Your realtor is the greatest asset in your home sale transaction, yet I continue to be mystified when I hear another story about how a realtor's advice was ignored. Realtors have historically been placed into the category of salesman, salesperson. I've never believed the term salesperson was appropriate or fitting for a realtor. Selling is a very small part of the service that a real estate professional performs. A realtor is a salesperson only in the most general sense of the word. The terms consultant or facilitator are far closer to the actual purpose and function of a real estate professional. Facilitating facilitating the transaction is really the principal part of a realtor's job. Your realtor has a loyalty to you and a legal duty to you that few other professionals have. When you hire a realtor, your employee consultant who is a local on the expert of the local real estate market, expert of the local real estate market and has a lot of specialized knowledge about marketing and negotiating. So why would you employ a professional consultant and then not heed their advice? It doesn't make any sense. When a realtor says your house is overpriced, refusing to reduce the price is foolish. The realtor isn't telling you that to annoy you. They know you're going to get less money for your house if it's overpriced and stays on the market because the amount you want or need is not going to happen. Uh, If the realtor gives you staging tips, follow the staging tips. (laughs) The realtor is trying to make more money for you, trying to get you to make more money for your house. And if a realtor makes suggestions about some structural concerns, follow them. Your realtor is only trying to help you to avoid needless expense, time-consuming headaches, and a potential lawsuit. Well, that's about it for this week. Um, I'll be here again next week at the same time, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Thanks to my engineer, Michael Sergit, and my executive producer, Brandy Jackson. If you missed any part of today's show or you'd like to listen again, go to my show page here on voiceamerica.com where you can listen to it or you can download it as a podcast. And it's also available as a podcast on iTunes if you'd like to go to iTunes and find it there. Uh, Thanks for listening. Have a great week. I'm Duncan Smythe. This has been House Talk.
1: Thank you again for tuning in to House Talk with Duncan Smythe. Like us on Facebook and join us again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.